Euh, dites donc, Nadej, euh, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. Mais j'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadej Bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn, pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Hello, it's episode 19 of Life's Essentials with Prem Rawat. Today, Prem answers questions with Philippa Lagerbach. In this latest podcast, Prem talks to Italian TV personality Filippa Lagerbach about his book, Hear Yourself, including perpetuating the good in us, overcoming expectations that so often hinder us, and wanting a better world. For more info, go to premrawat.com. This podcast is brought to you thanks to Udo's Oil, made with your health in mind, www.udoschoice.com and theudo.com. Enjoy the episodes. Hang around at the end for more information. I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I think that's one of the most important questions nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> to listen. Yes. Yeah. You talk about the courage, you talk about it's important to be in the driver's seat of our car, to take the choices, to be in charge. Don't you, we need a driver's license though? We have one. And the driver's license you have is blatantly called the breath. And so far it keeps coming into you. You are authorized to drive this car, providing you really realize that it's your car. Drive it. One day you won't have this car. You won't be able to drive any aspect of it. This car can go off a deep end, or this car can be headed towards peace. So far, we've tried the deep end. It doesn't get us anywhere. What do we lose? We lose the basic humanity. We lose the basic humanity. Care and concern for our, even if we don't know them, care and concern that I don't want to harm you. I don't need to harm you. But all of a sudden, that's not what we're looking at. It's somebody else's problem. It's not somebody else's problem. You're a part of that problem. You're, you're, you're driving your car. You think you have given the governments the right to drive the car. They can't drive the car. They have their own cars to drive. And you can see that There's, they, don't, they don't even have any equipment to take care of something like this. There is no radar that can show them, okay, here comes coronavirus. You can see it for the rain, but you can't see it for the coronavirus. Here it comes. So all of a sudden, something happened that we never paid attention to. 
So who's driving? You know, is it my responsibility? It is my responsibility. I should assure that I don't give it to anybody and I don't get it from anybody. That's, that's, that's how I see it, anyways, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're driving our car, and we're being courageous, and we're trying to make the right decisions, and we're heading towards that light in our life, and we feel more comfortable, and we feel more fulfilled, and it takes time for that light to root in us, I think. And then something happens, and the darkness just swooshes in and just takes everything away, and it takes so long for us to get back to that light. Why is it like that? You said before that darkness is automatic and light has to be worked on. I suppose that's... Exactly. Because all you have to do is have no lamp lit and darkness will be there. But have a lit lamp and the darkness will go away. You You don't fill a bucket with darkness and try to throw it out the window. You don't open the door and say, okay, darkness, please leave. No, just bring in the light and the darkness automatically goes away. But it requires a little lamp. So where is the little lamp? It's in you. (laughs) And you are being ignorant of the fact that by by the very virtue that you are alive, by the very fact that you're alive, the lamp is lit. See, so, so in, when, when, when I try to explain, I have to explain it in terms of the darkness and the light. Yeah. But already, so, so here is the question. Are we favored for light or are we favored for darkness? We're all born good. We're all born. And the day we are born, all the darkness that will ever be is in us, and all the light that will ever be is in us too. And the day we die, all the darkness will be in us too, and all the light will be in us too. And this is not a matter of time, but it's a matter of what we choose. And if we make the choice to make the light happen. It's there. And if we choose not to make the light happen in our lives, the darkness is there too. How convenient. You've got both. And when you find yourself, and this is what I was talking about, the courage to do something positive in the midst of everything dark, Do something positive. So, when you find yourself in the darkness, it takes courage. It does not take courage to lament. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so dark. Help me. Uh, You know, my karma. Karma kicks in. My karma must have been bad. What have I done? Who have I hurt? What have... Or have the courage to light the lamp that's inside of you. That's already actually lit to just expose it. Yes, but one thing is to, 
lament, as you say, to, to talk about it. Boy, what if anxiety is eating you up from inside and you don't even have the power to turn that light on? When you are in that situation, that's where you need that little thing called courage. To, in the midst of the darkness, because I see it, I, I only say this, this is from my experience, because I, I talk, I go and I, I visit a lot of prisons. Yes. And there was a lady, and I'll, I'll give you this example, there was a lady, and this happened in South Africa, and so uh, there were all these questions that had come in, and I was being asked the questions, and I was giving the answers. And it was quite a, quite a large audience in South Africa, and this lady asked a question. She had sent it, it was being read, and this is what the question was. I'm in prison for life. I killed my children, and I am in prison. Is there any hope for me? That is serious stuff. I mean, that is really, really serious stuff. So, of course, I could have answered it, but I thought it would be pointless for me to answer it. So I turned to the audience. And I said, I'm not going to answer this question. You are. And what is your answer to her? Unanimously, I have a recording of it, <laughs> Unanimously, they said, yes, there is hope. So whatever the, however dark the circumstances may be, it takes courage to say, okay, now let me see the other possibility. And it takes courage. And it's hard. Because the devastation this, this, this coronavirus has brought is... I mean, if you could only hear this man, he's 72 years old, crying on the phone. You would have to be a stupid robot not to get affected by it. He's human. I am human. You are human. We are human beings. We are not meant to be in this thing of sorrow, 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 sorrow. We don't bode well with sorrow. We don't. Most people who get caught in the vicious jaws of sorrow end up taking their lives. They end up taking their life because they can't take it anymore. That's how powerful sorrow can be. And how powerful is the light? The light is so powerful because it can remove the all-powerful sorrow.
So it has to be a little more powerful than the darkness of sorrow. And that's in you. Always. You talk a lot about the noise, the outside noise in the world, which is we've been living in a world of fear, of confusion, of, of terror and anguish. And you talk a lot about the, the noise inside of us, because the, the world is demanding always more and more of us, our office, our colleagues, the, the social world, and everything is just going faster and faster and faster, so we can't let, turn it off. Do you think the fear and the noise is more coming from the outside or from the inside of us? The noise <laughs> that comes from the outside has a very simple solution. It's called earplugs. <laughs> I, I think that for a euro or two euros, you could buy the earplugs, you could stick them in, and it's like, ciao. Okay. The noise that's between the ears is the dangerous one. Because even if you put the earplugs in, it doesn't go away because it's coming from inside. And what is this noise? It is also the noise of all the expectations that have been placed upon you since you were a baby, since I was a baby. All the things I have been told I must do. I, ha I was never told. Actually, it's actually backwards. It's not so much I am told what I must do. I'm told what I can't do. Right. When I'm really little, I'm told what I should do. And then when I grow up a little bit, I'm told what I can't do. You know, so, of course, I can't fall in love with that girl. But who can I fall in love with? Nobody tells me. <laughs> you know? No, no, this is not what you should be doing. But what should I be doing? No, nobody wants to tell you. No. Can I have that job? No, you can't have that job. So what job can I have? You can't, Bob, we can't tell you that. You go find that out yourself. This is how it is. For the rest of our life, you know, whatever we look at, whichever way we turn, You know, you look at the doctors. The doctors tell you, don't do that. So you get a little overweight, lose the weight. It's easy for the doctor to say. Does the doctor know what it is like to lose weight? Do they? You know? And, and the next thing you know is this. <laughs> you have a choice between your tailor, your doctor, your tailor, your doctor. Your tailor can help you by opening up your pants. Your doctor can try to help you, but you know, you want to hit back the doctor. So tailor, you're good. <laughs> so this is this is how it is. We the inner noise, it becomes so loud after a little while. Do this, don't 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 do this. You know? So Your, your boss tells you you're fired. Okay, you're fired. But what the inner voice tell you? You're ruined. You're destroyed. You don't get fired. You get destroyed. You get fired, you can find another job. You get destroyed, what do you do? 
No, but you're going to be destroyed. No, the, you, so your, your friends are not going to look at you the same, the same way. And we've created this social frenzy. And it's a social frenzy that we have created in which, I don't know if you have seen any of those movies of uh, sharks, documentaries of sharks in a frenzy eating. They'll start biting each other. They don't mean to bite each other, but they'll start biting each other. And that's exactly what social frenzy is all about. And all of a sudden... People are dropping out. They're killing themselves because of what people might think of them. Here's a person, you don't even know what they look like, but you are concerned of what they think of you. You're not concerned anymore of what you think of yourself, but you are concerned of what other people will think of you. If anybody today creates a technology that accommodates that process in which you are removed further from yourself, then those technologies, my friends, have been created and we have jumped into them. We call it that we live in the age of information we actually live in the age of misinformation. Mm -hmm. So, this is what's happening. The outside noise, you can kill it by, you know, buying some nice headphones or some uh, noise-canceling headphones or from earplugs. The inside noise, whew, it's, it's too much. It's too, too, too much. Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Oh, thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shappi Sunday, you're too kind. The podcast is but called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
live in a world of disinformation, you said, where social media has a big impact on the fake news that travel the world in an instant, something spreads across the globe. Whereas the, the good news, they don't even make the news. No. Why is that? Because we have created a society. We have created a society. We have created a society in which bad news finds meaning, good news finds nothing. It is coming home to a father and handing him a report card, finally, that has you having A, 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 100%, A, A in every subject. When every time you handed him a report card, it said fail, 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 and he had something to say to you. You useless piece of junk and ta 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 ta. And today you've handed him a report card that says you're not a useless piece of junk and your father has nothing to say to you. Wasn't prepared for it. He was prepared for your uselessness. Which one? If we stop looking at the good in each other and perpetuating the good in each other, we're going to have a very sick society. A very sick society. Um, actually, it's getting pretty sick out there. And I wonder if that's the reason. Because we don't perpetuate, we don't perpetuate the good. In, in a family environment, how does it begin? You're late. So you finally come out of the bathroom with your hair combed to have some breakfast so you can go to school. And what is the comment? You're late. Not good morning. Great to see you. Already the burden of what the society expects from you has got you. And this is what happens when I go to prisons. Those expectations, are, you have hit the bottom. Now what? One time I was in India and this um, inmate, he, was, he had three more days or four more days and he was going to be released. And he said to me, he said, so I'm going to be out of here in three or four days and I'm going to go back to my village. And um, what, do you, what do I do about all the things that those people are going to think about me? And I said, what makes you think they're going to be thinking about you? They have other things to think about. Have you been thinking about them? You're not thinking about them. They're not thinking about you. This is a this is a aberration. This is a ghost that you have created. You know how good we are at creating ghosts, right? We can lie on our bed, and we know there is not a ghost in the closet, but we can put one there and get scared from it. We can put we can put a burglar in our house when there is no burglar. 
One noise, crink, and it's like, oh my God. But one time I was staying at a house in England and it was right next to a graveyard. And it was an old house, a really old house. And the floors creaked, but they creaked because the sun would go down, the cool air would come and everything would start creaking. Are you sure? Oh yes, absolutely sure. There was no ghosts in there. Absolutely. Because if there were any, they were all dead. <laughs> they were very, very dead. But everybody was like, oh, there's ghosts in here. I said, where? And one time I had this shootout with a ghost. Oh. I was in Bangkok and there, I was staying at this hotel and it was, there was the new part of the hotel, there was the old part of the hotel. And there was this room. Oh, my God. It was like straight out of a movie from a ghost movie. You know, green carpet, two-story high ceiling, huge, huge, huge painting of Ernest Hemingway just standing there <laughs> looking. So I'm put in this, this, uh, this room, and, and, and it, it was an upgrade. So I'm lying there. And it was one of those beds, you know, four posts and a canopy and really high and set up. So I get up in the, in the middle of the night and I'm like, okay, is there a ghost in this room? So I sat up on my bed and I said, okay, I have never seen a ghost. If you're there, come on out. Let's meet. <laughs> So about five minutes, I stayed up, and nothing came, so I went back to sleep. <laughs> to me, <laughs> you know, but, but we have our imagination. We create all these things in our imagination. There is a reality, too. And the reality happens to be very beautiful. And we should not be afraid of reality. Reality is wonderful. Reality is that the breath comes into you and that you are alive. That's the reality. It's wonderful, wonderful. But so many people in their free time, you know, we work hard and we come back to our houses and we want to escape reality. So, so many violent uh, films and video games, virtual reality, it's a huge success. Why do we keep on feeding ourselves with darkness if we want to reach the good? It's exactly. A cheetah has a brain. I would, I would say it's not quite as big as a human brain. But cheetah has a brain. So a cheetah runs after its prey. And how long do you think that cheetah will chase its prey? Cheetah looks at his prey and says, okay, I'm going to get that much energy out of that. If I eat that rabbit, I'll only chase it for as much energy I want to waste on it. After that, I'm not going to do that. Smart. Smart. You call that cheetah smart. Mm -hmm. That should be a human attribute, smart. How come the cheetah has it and we don't? And the reality is, we do. 
We do. But we don't use it. We want to be preoccupied. So if the game does it, computer does it, phone does it, anything does it so that we don't have to think about the car that is about to go off the cliff. That would be a wonderful thing. And who's driving the car off the cliff? We are by not driving it. By not driving it. By letting some other force drive it. Why do we work so hard? We work hard because we want to have success. What is a success? When you feel success or somebody going to bring you a certificate of success and then you will be successful. What is success? You know, there are people who have so much money that if they started counting it, they would die before they would finish it. And yet they go every single day and work as though if they don't, they will lose it. And the thing is, as old as they are, if they didn't work and just spent it, about, oh, some of them, about million dollars a day would be fine. that they would die before they would have finished spending their money. And yet they work like if they didn't, they would lose it. Obsession. We're not obsessed with the good in us. We're not obsessed with the potential in us. We're not obsessed with the courage that we need. We're not obsessed with those qualities that truly make us human. We're obsessed by what's happening around us, what the billboard tells us to do, what somebody, some fashion statement that tells us to do. I mean, this is obvious, and anybody who is in the fashion industry knows. You don't sell clothes, you sell coolness. You know, because how do you know you're going to look like this? You know, but this is what you will look like. So, (laughs) in this whole world, it's cool to be this. It's cool to be that. It's cool to be like this. And it's not cool to be alive. And to me, it's the coolest thing to be alive. Because then all the possibilities exist. So, (laughs) in the midst of this COVID thing, I can say these things that I've always said. If you read this book, you will see that, I mean, this book was conceived not because of COVID-19, way before that. And yet it's completely relevant to what's going on right now. Absolutely. That's what I said when I introduced you 
that it's really important to read those words in this moment. And I remember about a year ago when we met in Milan last time, I asked you, how are we evolving? How is humankind evolving? And we've been into this huge disaster this year, this tragedy. And it felt like we were learning something, that we all wanted a new kind of human kindness. But then it feels like we lost track yeah. yet again. And these words come in so handy to remind us of what's really important in our life. But how, where are we going? Where are the human race going? Right now, there is a little virus that has turned our world upside down. And right now, everything is up in the air. Some people want for everything to be normal again, which means this will happen again. And for me, I see an incredible potential to surpass, to go beyond these differences and to make a better world all because of this tiny little virus that you can't even see with your eyes has come. And I don't say that it's good But it's a messenger. It's not a good messenger, but it's a messenger. And it is saying blatantly to everybody, all that you have created, that you are so proud of, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All your technology, all your achievements, does not matter matter. You are vulnerable. And in the past, if you look at history, it's only when people understood their vulnerability did they allow a change to happen. And I am hoping that this will be a change for the good. Where it isn't about the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. Because that's what's happening right now. Where the governments are oblivious to the needs of people. That I want a better world. I want a better world for myself. I want a better world for my children. I want a better world for my grandchildren. I want a better world for my neighbors. I want a better world for all those people who share this earth with me. I want a better world for the animals. I want a better world for the birds. I want a better world for the bees and the insects. I want a better world for the water that runs on this planet Earth. I want a better world for the air that we breathe. These are our doings. 
And you cannot expect somebody else to come and fix your problems. You are the only one that can fix your problems. This is obvious. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and it will be waiting for your ears every Tuesday morning. If you want to learn more about what Prem Rawat talks about, he offers a practical online course. It's called Peak. It'll help you understand and experience personal peace. Go to premrawat.com and click on Peak. Prem's new book, Hear Yourself, How to Find Peace in a Noisy World, published by HarperCollins, is now available. For further information, head over to hearyourselfbook.com. Me, Jez Rose. And me, Kathy Slack. For series three of Root Swings and Other Things. How do you describe the show then, Jez? Well, I suppose it's partly gardening chat. <laughs> There's some veg growing too. Yes, and cooking. And not forgetting the dogs. No, or the celebrity special guests. <laughs> Probably a bit too much giggling. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's a joyful, naturey, gardeningy show with dogs. Pissy. <laughs> Every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 